Are you wearing another shirt by that band that you like? Oh, yeah. Did you get the whole wardrobe? Did you get the whole outfit? Dude, I don't even want to talk about it, dude. There was a moment where you bought every single Michael Jordan thing that there was. God damn it, really? Hey, everybody. Welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay. I'm not okay. You're not okay. With me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. I wasn't criticizing. I was I was acknowledging a fellow passionate person. Yeah. Who, when he loves things, he loves things. Well, yeah. I ordered a hoodie and I ordered a I t-shirt. Criticizing, dude. I ordered these shirts. All right. I should tell people the band is called Dykent, which translates into English as Dyke Child, <laughs> <laughs> which doesn't make any. It doesn't. It's hilarious. Well, it doesn't even make any more sense in German. Like some things, you know, like make sense in German, then you translate them, they don't make sense. This doesn't make sense in German either. It's the same nonsense. Because these are like three dudes, two guys mainly, who are like rappers, kind of like the Beastie. They have the same sensibility as the Beastie Boys, but if you mixed in Lonely Island, because all their songs are kind of funny. Yeah. Anyways, I ordered this from Germany five years ago. And it finally just got here a couple days ago. But here's the deal. We've covered this on the show before. We are just, you're not the kind of guy that's going to leave the bad review about the late shipping. Or are you? Fuck no, dude. I mean, if I if these arrived on my deathbed, I'd be like, oh, okay, at least I can get buried in my Daikin shirt. But I'm not going to like, what am I going to do? Leave a review? But there are people Go on in the Yelp world. I know. and go, uh... It took four months for this shirt to get here. But there are people who expect something for that. There are people who are like, I want a 20% off discount code. Well, the old it's future, a good th- You know, they want some shit. They think, that, they think that because they were inconvenienced, that they deserve more shit. People feel that way. They need, Here's what they need to be grateful for, that I don't rule the world. Because if I ruled the world, those people are up against the wall. Not the people who sent your shirt late. You mean the people who think they're entitled to shit. I would just go, okay, go on YouTube, go on all Yelp, find out who's leaving reviews, give me that list of names. All of those people are disappeared off the earth. We're thin we're thinning the herd. You're like some sort of uh, inverted <laughs> inverted Santa Claus. Oh, he's got his list. Oh, he checked it twice. Dude, I'm Thanos Claus. Thanos Claus. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas, motherfucker. Bye-bye. For those of you out there who are not nerdy enough to know who Thanos is, which I didn't about five months ago, he's this super powerful being, and he's insane, and he has this idea. It, what, is he, though? Well, right. So, But he, he's very calm. He's, I mean, he, But he has this idea that, that he thinks is a great idea for humanity, where he's like, I need to kill 50% of all living things in the entire universe. So that because there's too many living things for all the resources, the and then and then living things are killing the universe, right? And he doesn't do it because somebody's evil or good or whatever. He just does it randomly, and he does it non-discriminately, randomly. Yeah, yeah. He snaps his fingers and he randomly kills the poor, the young, the wealthy, the you know bureaucrats. Eh, There's something about it. Here's my question to you. Young Clinton Wells, Mm -hmm. would you prefer to be the person that turns to dust or the person that ends up having to hang out? Turn me to dust, baby. But I'm ready. I'm kind of with you, dude. I'm ready. I feel like it's a win-win for me. Bye. 
if I'm dust, I'm dust. And if I'm there, well, I made it. Well, you know, like when they're starting to turn to dust, like all of them, and I get it, they're shocked. It's a weird thing that happens. They turn to dust, but they're always like, what's happening? Gurgle. Here's me when I'm like, oh shit, I'm turning to dust. I got 2.2 seconds. Here's me. Bye. Yeah, me too, dude. I'll be like, good luck. Sayonara. Good luck, motherfuckers. Dude, let me tell you, let me tell you the worst story of all time. Okay. This is 90s. This is my drinking days. This is when I was a young man in my early 20s. We're playing a gig in Corpus Christi. I meet a lovely lady after a show. Mm-hmm. Was Coitus involved? Consensual Yes. Naked time? Yes. Consensual naked time. Okay. The way it used to work back in those days was we would get a couple hotel rooms and everybody would kind of share it, the band. So there was multiple people in the room. I think I had at least one roommate. I know this because he was there. David Robinson was in there. But I met a lovely lady <laughs> and we decided to hang out a little after the show. Yeah. We ended a up Q&A. Back- a little Q&A. A little post A little Q&A. Q&A. <laughs> back at the- Back at the hotel. <laughs> Go on. We may have rolled around a little bit right. under under the sheets. David Robinson might have been next in the bed, one bed over. He may have witnessed it. I don't know. I, I it's blurry. But as we were leaving, we had to we had to leave pretty early the next day because maybe we had a show somewhere else or whatever. But as we were leaving, I get up. Dave gets up, this lovely lady, she's still sleeping. She's got to catch her, you know, she's got to get her beauty sleep. She's tight, tight. And uh, as we're walking, as we're walking out the door into the bright Corpus Christi day, like as bright as anything, I just remember her kind of waking up out of her slumber and going, what's going on? Kind of like that, you know, when Thanos, when you're, you know, kind of turning to dust and yeah. you're like, whoa, what's going on? And I just go, Sayonara, <laughs> and, and just turn and split, never to see or say another word to that lovely lady again in my life that I'm aware of. And wow. that's the way it was back in the early '90s. That's the way we played it. When you're in a band called Joe Rockhead and you're basically emulating the Red Hot Chili Peppers and you're doing rock rap, and that's who you're going to hang out with after a show. Expect the sayonara. Well, I have a lot of female friends who happily enjoy spending time with band members. And these are just my platonic friends. Right. These are grown women. And I've been in this world for a long time. Most of these people know what they're doing. They're big boys. They're big girls. Right. They know that we're not going to quit the tour that day and, you know, get a job at the local Home Depot of Dayton, Ohio, and live with them forever. So... Right. It's fine. They know what they're getting into. And I, I get it. Would I ever do that now as an adult, a man in his late 30s? And when I say late, I mean the children are asleep and the house is on fire. When I say late 30s, I mean the only person that's awake is maybe Thanos Claus. Nobody's showing up. <laughs> I was always it's married. Late. I was, I've been married <laughs> since I was like 22. So I've had the unique privilege of just beholding many of these uh, liaisons and excursions into the dark night of the soul. So I, I'm mostly a bystander here. But yeah, it does seem like a young man's game. If I was seeing, I oh, think yeah. about this too. Like before the world shut down, when I was touring, there were a few single dudes on our bus 
and I'll, they had the dating apps, right? So whatever city we were in, they could ping up Denver, Colorado, Los Angeles, California, Seattle, Washington. They could ding up the dating app and kind of check out what was going on in that town. I'm like, man, could you imagine how many band guys would have killed for that kind of Thanos-like power? When they were touring. But here's the deal, though, watching it as a married guy, like from the other side, more out of fascination is I'm like, man, it just seems kind of horrible. But I'm also the guy that always wanted to be with someone that I would marry. And I'm not even saying that virtuously. I I think that that's maybe not been the best way to, to look at how I roam the earth. But I did always, if I always had an evening with a lady, I always wanted to see her again the next day. I always wanted to go to breakfast. I always wanted to get married basically well uh, yeah of course and that's why it's that's why it all it's all a lose-lose situation like it took me a minute to figure it out also by the way if you're doing what i'm talking about if you're roaming the earth trying to get laid and you've got kids oh sorry i can't even imagine that get it together if you've got kids get it together i know here's 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 the thing fuck around do whatever you want be a dumbass as soon as you have kids, get your shit together. Grow up. <clears throat> Grow up. up and get your shit together because you don't want to give your kids what you got. I didn't want to give my kids what I what I had, what I was born with, which was which was, you know, being pretty immature and acting very ir- irresponsibly. I'm like, I'm not going to show that to my kids. We're planning this big camping trip. I've been doing a lot of camping again with the Michael Jordan. My friends are like, "Man, you really did get really into this camping thing." I'm like, "Do you remember last year? Do you remember last year when I wore a Michael Jordan jersey when i wore his high school jersey every day i remember it to basically the i mean i think people who have been on the ride with me get it that michael jordan boo-boo patch that i put on my soul last year saved my fucking life but anyway we're planning this camping trip and they're like oh this chick's this chick's talking about coming and they're like clint i don't think you'd like her and i don't like when people say that about me because I like to think of myself as easy to get along with, even though I am intense and I don't really suffer fools, but I expect the same in return to me. And like, I tend to meet people on a level and I'm like, don't say that, man. Why would I like this chick? They're like, well, she always brings her kid and she's kind of a bad mom. And I'm like, oh, nailed it. I do not like that. I cannot stand to see, because I guess she's single and she's looking for love like everybody. Everyone wants to find a little bit of love out here. But she can. She brings her kid around because there's nowhere else for the kid to go, and she kind of gets a little wasted. She gets a little flirty with the boys while her kid's kind of running around. Not cool. And I was like, "Yeah, you're right. I I would have a hard time being around that person without being judgmental." And that's it's hard to see, man. My I don't like to go into too much of this, but my shitty dad used to say things like, "Well, basically in defense of his shittiness, he'd say, well." When you finally have kids, you'll understand. And I think what he was trying to say was, because he was just ever justifying himself. But what he was trying to say was, being a dad's really hard, and it doesn't mean you're perfect and you fuck up, which I understand that. But it totally backfired on him, because when I finally was a dad, all the things he did to me became more monstrous. Because I can't imagine doing them to a kid. Exactly. I'm with you. 100%. It wasn't like, oh, I get it now. Life's hard. I guess I'll just keep being a piece of shit to my kid. It was like, no. I'm going to work harder to not be that for my kid. Are you kidding me? It's easy. It's simple. That's what I should say. It's not easy, but it's a simple idea. I'm not going to do the things I hated when I was a kid. Well, here's here's the thing. Here, here's what a lot of people do. This is how kids learn. 
kids only learn by they watch. looking at what you're doing, watching, and going, oh, that's how that's that's what being a human being is, and that's how they learn how to be a human being. Now you can tell your kids all day long, hey, don't do drugs, don't smoke. But if you're smoking pot and you're doing drugs or do you're doing whatever you're doing, they're gonna see it. Because kids see everything. They live with you and you've got your guard down the entire time. So whatever you're doing, the way you're interacting with your life, that includes your wife, your friends, your coworkers, everybody. Yeah. They're going to look at that and that's how they're going to learn to be a human being or learn how to not be a human being if, if they're super smart and they have a critical thinking, which you do. So you were able to look at it and go, I'm, I'm not going to do this. But even then... It's so easy to fall into that rut that was made for you. And I mean, I just, I know when, when my son was born, I was like, man, the way I've been doing things, I'm not going to do that anymore. Cause I just don't, I don't want to be Anthony Kiedis's dad. I don't know if you know anything about Anthony Kiedis, but his, <laughs> his, but his dad like took him to a hooker when he was like a teenager yeah. and he was yeah, notorious yeah. for just running around with women. I'm like, I'm, he's never going to see that. Don't get me wrong. I want some of that under the bridge money, but I don't want to be the dad of the guy that had to write under the bridge, which is about him doing heroin with homeless people in Los Angeles. Yeah. I don't want to be Elliot Smith's dad. I don't want to be uh, Anthony Kiedis's dad. I don't want to be Keith Moon's dad. I don't want to be Courtney Love's fucking dad. Right. Look, I've always been curious. I've always wanted to see what life has to offer. So I've, you know, I've tried a bunch of stuff. And you lived a life. Yeah, you I've, lived a I've life. lived a life. And uh, what I've learned on my travels is that the only thing that really truly matters is my is family and and friends. That's really mm. all that matters. Now everything else is great. I love what I get to do for a living. Uh, I get to meet some wonderful people. I get to have some really nice relationships because of what I do. My relationship with you is because I, because of what I do. That's how I met you. But really, at the end of the day, that's what matters. And so I don't want, I, I just see friends of mine who had bad parents or, or, or parents who weren't around and now they're drawn into relationships with people that aren't going to stick around or be there or aren't ready for relationships. And then they just get to be my age. And now they've got no family. They've got no relationships because of this trap that they fell into because of their parents, because they're looking to recreate this shitty dynamic that they had with these non-existent parents. And you, to your credit, had this dad who like fucked up what your parents got a divorce your dad's alcoholic right and it's mm -hmm. fucking well amongst other yeah <clears throat> pretty much they split but, when i was two he was abusive yeah. abusive and you took that and you could have easily continued to create that over and over in your life and you said i'm not going to do that i'm going to fight against it because you're you're able to look at your life and be critical and and go i'm i'm going to fight against it i'm going to stick around i'm going to do the hard stuff and you that's what you've done and i'm proud well, of you it's hard to even take thank you it's hard to even take credit for it because it doesn't occur to me to do the other thing which i think is what most people do where they just recreate the model they grew up seeing exactly and i it's really it's really augmented my ability to empathize with that where i'm like especially getting up towards 40 i mean i'm 37 so my buddies 
my people that I'm trying to walk through life with, when they're still talking about mommy and daddy shit, I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? We're mommy and daddy. Yeah. So that's over. What are we doing? Right. What work are we going to do? The other thing that it's done for me that has been, I would put in a negative column that I struggle with is it's given me a lot of anxiety about being like my dad. I have this weird thing where I'm like, it's like this great dread of mine that I don't speak to my dad and I probably never will again. And that will be good for me. And that's sad. All of those things I just said that make up my reality about that are sad. And I have this thing I'm like, is Nova going to be feel that way about me when she's grown? Like, that's my greatest fear. My greatest fear isn't that no one will ever hear my music or that I won't have a career or that my wife will leave me or any of those things that scare me. But my greatest fear is that my daughter won't like, like she, I won't be able to spend my life in a relationship with her. And I think people who are shittier dads don't worry about that. It's weird. They, they, they have this dumb peace. It's like the drunk who falls down the stairs. Like they just don't even know what's against them. They don't know the forces of the world that conspire to destroy them at every turn. And so they just sort of, co they sort of just stumble through life unaware. And then I'm like, boy in the bubble about this issue. And it's just, it haunts me, man. It really does. It's weird. Yeah. Well, it's like, it's like, uh, you know, it's like the person who worries about, you know, like, am I crazy? If you're asking yourself, <laughs> right. am I crazy? You're not crazy. You're not. Yeah. You've met the, you've met the criteria for being sane. The crazy people <laughs> are the ones. Oh, I'm not crazy. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> what? <laughs> you might want to recheck that because you're fucking acting insane. That's the thing. And so. Again, it's just that ability to kind of be critical um, when you're looking at yourself, which I don't think I don't think uh, everybody has that. I know not everybody has it, and so I'm not going to necessarily either. I, I've definitely lost a lot of my um, condemnation of that because it's like if somebody doesn't have that ability, what am I going to get mad at them for not yeah. being able to do something they absolutely just can't do? Well, the answer, of course, is yes. Of course, I'm going to get mad at him. And then I have to remind myself, oh, maybe this person doesn't have the ability to, you know, look at their yeah, life. Yeah, you know, we don't probably need to get too caught up in this, but Sam Harris has a big phil philosophical tenet. He rejects free will. He doesn't believe free will exists. He wrote a book about it. I recommend reading it. It's very short. It's very interesting. It's very influential to how I see the world. And one of his whole deals about free will is because the big argument is like, well, how can anyone be responsible for anything they do? And he he has a whole answer to that. I don't I'm not going to be able to distill it. He's much smarter than me. But he's like, it doesn't really alleviate personal responsibility. If you kill someone, you can't just be like, well, I didn't have free will. Why do I go into jail? People who kill people go to jail. Actions have consequences, blah, blah, blah. But he is like, hey, when you really do start to understand that people aren't the author of their own thoughts, people's thoughts occur to them. They don't you don't think your thoughts before you think them. That's impossible. He's like, but once, so once you start to understand that, your compassion levels go up for the world, which sure. is what you just said. You said you've basically, your condemnation for that kind of thing is really mellowed out, made you more loving because how can they behave in a way that they can't behave in? Did you just say behave it? How can they behave in a way that they can't behave in? How can they? Oh, you said behave in. I thought you said they behave in a way they can't behave in. And I was like, wait, are we using fucking Old We're biblical Testament? We're biblical terms. <laughs> we switched to the Old Testament all of a sudden. Well, why not? Let's just go back to a happier time that I like to call the Old Testament. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
I went to get my car repaired, and they repaired it in a way that I didn't like it repaired. Thou hast thine car repaired, yes. Please, verily, verily I say unto thee, uh, dost thou car become repaired, yes. Can you bringeth to the window another bag of shame? <laughs> bringeth to the drive through portal... Another bag of the shame. Please, take two shames uh, and bagged them, yes, uh, no to the cookies, but yes to the tin tacos. Should I supersize it? Yes, make it super sizzly. Should I supersize it, doth the sun? <laughs> Doth the sun riseth every morn? Uh, yes, by all means. As the doves of Windsor supersize the shame bag, please. Do the doves of Windsor fly through the air whenever a breeze strikes their wing? Yes. Then, then supersize me, motherfucker. <laughs> by the blade of Lothlorien and the mountain dwarfish elks and the amulet of Zylon, yes, please, bagueth the shame. Does the green grass grow from the ground or does it fall from the sky like the tears of a dog? Then supersize <laughs> me, you bitch. <laughs> the Bring it the shame and make sure that it has been supersized. You. And make sure it's quite shameful. Please. <laughs> I cannot bring myself to even carry forth another second of the day without my mouth being filled with a slimy concoction of bread and cow. For life is like a thousand daggers piercing my skin and none but will soothe the wound but the balmy aid. Of two deluxe supersized cheeseburgers. All of a sudden, we, we've encountered Bill Cosby when he lived it puts in, the, in the 1500s, back when he was using the mead to refeed the ladies. Yeah. It puts the poison in the poison cup. Oh, man. Good God. Anyways. Well, anyway. Well, we did that. That was a thing we just did. Behaved. <laughs> hey, you never know. You never know what's going to kickstart a little bit of fun in IOK land. Dude, how about just hearing it? How about you said behaved, behave in, but I heard it wrong. And so then, again, I know we talk, we, I know we've hammered this into the ground about how like somebody will say something and it's slightly off and then that's what you the talk end. about forever. The end. But how about the thing where you just hear it wrong and then the person's like, no, 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 that's not what I said. I said this and they're like, I don't care. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter. It doesn't matter that you said it right. It's just all that matters is the way I heard it. You know what's funny about that is I, I never listen to our episodes because I listen to them when we say them. Right. <laughs> like now. Right. And then I listen to them when I edit them and turn them into these little golden nuggets of, of human insight and comedy. Yes. But I did listen to our newest one the other day. I don't remember why. And oh, because you texted me and you're like, oh, it's really good. And so I was like, oh, uh, it didn't seem that different to me. It seemed like a normal episode. But oh, Bob thought it was really good. So I checked it out. It is really good, by the way. But this whole thing happens about when I say something about being on a ship. But you heard me say being on ship. And Oh, no, you said being on ship. No, no. I said being on a ship. I just said it fast. But oh, oh, you heard you said it fast and I didn't hear yeah. the A. This, this, but, but, this, but, is, this is how you said it. Yeah, I was being on ship. <laughs> 
But here's the exact point, though. It doesn't right. matter that I said it right. No, you it heard doesn't. it. That no. was funny. Yeah. That right. turned into a whole thing. Yes, because I'm like a flower. I'm like a flower, and I'm my pet. I'm opening. I'm not closing up shop. I'm right. opening. Okay. So I'm willing to go wherever if it if it's interesting. Yeah, and that's it. The okay. end. The end. Did I tell you that story about I was playing a show in? Uh, doesn't matter where. Anyways, I was filling in for Sean Mullins. Sean Mullins was supposed to play. He got sick. Mm-hmm. So I had to go play lullaby. the show. He's the lullaby guy. Yeah, lullaby. He talks. He'll he'll talk during the song and then he'll yeah. sing a little bit on the, you know, part of it. But he likes to, you know, it's like it's Everything. like a thing. Yeah, yeah. That's a pretty he, chorus though. Yeah, yeah, he can sing. He can sing like a bird, but he, he's kind of like a jogger who walks mostly. And then every once in a while he'll jog a little bit. So he he had like I don't know he had like a allergies or something he he had to cancel. We were talking the show. about him being sick, right? So they called me fans. at the la- right. They called me at the last minute. They're like, "Hey, can you come do this show? We've already sold the tickets. We you know we don't want to cancel the night." I was like, "Yeah, sure, I'll come down and do it." So I went down there and did it. A lot of the people that bought the Sean Mullen tickets were like, "Yeah, we'll see Bob Schneider." So and uh, so I do my show, and during the show, you know, I like to joke around. I say some silly shit. You got a flavor. You, I I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna guess your flavor is not the Sean Mullins flavor, but you, but both have flavor. I feel like Sean Mullins flavor is like real sincere. Like yeah. he's he's yeah. he's selling sincerity to his fucking uh, fans, like a goddamn milkman is selling milk. And yeah. I come along, and my brand of what I sell is called kind of BS. And so what I'm doing is I'm slipping some turds into the milk. And they're like, we don't like these turds. Well, first they thought it was a chocolate bar. And then they were like, what's good? Milk, milk, chocolate, milk with chocolate. Good. And they were like, something. We liketh the milk chocolate. Please add a chocolate bar. Oh, this is shitteth. You have shitteth in the milk. So you're giving them sort of your. I'm doing my thing. So I'm like, hey, I think I was joking around saying I was doing a lot of lullaby stuff where I would be like singing a song and then I'd start talking it like Sean Mullins. Like, Let me do my <laughs> Sean Mullins impression. And it was kind of funny and, and people were digging it. and It was fun. And then at some point I was like, well, you know, I hope he makes it. And then somebody was like, boo, boo. And I'm like, what? I'm just joking. I'm like, I don't know fucking Sean Mullins or what's going on with him. Do I look like a fucking doctor? Like, if you're looking to me on stage right now to let you know what's going on with Sean Mullins and his health, what are you doing? But they just thought, well, the joke is he could die because he's not here because he's sick. Well, it's they were super, super fans. of. Sean I mean, Mullins. I would have I would have laughed, but <clears throat> I yeah, understand you don't what's... care. You don't care if he lives or dies. No, but even if you said that about Paul McCartney, well, I don't know. Paul McCartney's real old and might actually die. If you have said that about some artist in his 40s. If you just said that about who I can't even Dude, think of if one. You Jeff Tweedy, if I would have said it about any person in the world except for your child, you'd have been like, "Who cares?" If it would have been your child, you'd have been like, "Wait, hold on, what'd you say?" Plus, it's funny. You're replacing. It's funny. It was a funny thing to say. Right. I'm. I'm doing it to be funny. It, I, I was being fun. funny. People were laughing. Now <laughs> yeah. there were a couple people that I guess don't know humor or are huge. They were insane. There was a couple Do ladies. Do you that know humor? So there were a couple ladies that were insane. So for some reason they they wanted me to break the show into two parts, which I never do. And then the middle of the show we had a break, and I thought, well, I'll go out see if anybody's at the merch table. I can sign some stuff, say hi to some folks, which I don't do very often. But I let me do it. So I go out there, and sure enough, this lady comes up to me, and she's like, "Hey, my friend left." Because of that shit you were saying about Sean Mullins. And I'm like, well, good. 
That was my response. I was like, well, thank God. And did she get her money back? Oh, she did? Wonderful. No harm, no foul. She got her money back. She can go fuck off. GFY. FYI. FYI, GFY. Yeah. Good riddance. And thank God. We've got, again, it's called thinning the herd. Thanos Claus is in town. And we've right. gotten rid of somebody. They turn to dust and they're gone. Great. Right. Wonderful. Now we can enjoy. The rest of us now, are, we have adults now. We don't have crazy people. It's act, better for everyone. It's better like for kids. her. Yeah, it's better for her. It's better for you. It's better, better for, for everyone. Friends. Yeah. And so, and and now I'm getting along with this lady and we're having a good time. And I'm like, well, so what do you, what do you, what do you think of the show? She's like, well, I liked it for the most part, but I didn't like this one song where you're talking. And I'm like, what song is that? Because, dude, I'm doing a clean show in Temple. I'm not doing the show where I'm talking about having sex with my grandma in heaven. I'm doing, right. I'm going straight down the middle of the road. Yeah. Honeypot. Honeypot. Yeah. And uh, she goes, well, there's that one song where you're talking about shitting in someone's mouth. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, well, there's that one song where you're like talking about shitting in somebody's mouth. I didn't like that at all. And then she starts telling me the, the, the lyrics. And I'm like, no, lady. So the title track of my new album is called In a Room Full of Blood with a Sleeping Tiger. And the chorus is, your mouth is so blue. All I do is think of you. But the words before that are, your breath on my neck, it's like meth. I'd sell my shit. Meaning your and, earthly possessions, your things. Yeah, yeah. Your breath on my neck, it's like meth. I'd sell my shit. And your mouth is so blue. All I do is think of you. But she heard, my breath on your neck, it's like meth. I'd sell my shit in your mouth is so blue. So she heard me say shit in your mouth. And she By got the way, turned on. And then she got turned on. <laughs> she got turned real off. She hadn't felt those feelings in a very long time. So she tells me that. And I'm like, look, lady, here's the line. And then, then I explain to her. I'm like, there are two sentences. I'm not saying and. I'm saying and. And she's like, by the way, listen to my new record. Guess what word is not on my new record? What? and or in i just took it out i'm like i'm not going to confuse anybody like it it i got ptsd from this conversation so now i say your breath on my neck it's like meth i'd sell my shit your mouth is so blue all i do is think of you i've taken the and out so you can't hear shit in your mouth okay anyways because of that lady so i told her what it was i'm like look i'm not talking about shitting in your mouth this is what the song means now how do you feel about it she goes, I don't like it. <laughs> I'm like, bitch, you heard it wrong. I told you what it was. You explained now it all. Now change your fucking mind. You explained she, it all. Dude, she wouldn't do it. Oh, my God. Well, because, She wouldn't do it. Well, we got to split here, but I'll tell you why. It's because she decided what she thought. And once that, once you turn the corner on what you think, Oh boy, to go backwards, to rethink, to put to plug in some new information so you can augment a, a dearly previously held belief. We don't do that here no. on Earth, which is why we need Thanos Claws. So anyway, write in Bob and Clint at gmail.com. We've got other podcasts. You know where they are, you know what to do. We got a wonderful Patreon where people are hanging out in the igloo. We're they're actually waiting for us right now, Bob. And this we got a cool igloo. we got a cool group of people. If you guys want to join it, if you got that BDE, you know, if you don't have that BDE, but you, you want to get some, you need some of it, you gotta get it. Go to patreon.com backslash IOK. You can join today. Get in there on the secret weekly. Watch these shows on the video the way the kids do it in 2021. 
This isn't 1992. You're not downloading a JPEG of somebody pooping on somebody's chest off the internet where it takes a minute and a half. No, you're watching your porn in real time. By the way, check out Clint's other podcast, Metal Up Your Podcast, if you can't get enough, which you can't. Check out my new, I got a brand new one coming out this week, my Song Club podcast. Check that out as well. We'll see you on the flip flop. Bye. Peace. <laughs>